For those that may be listening for the first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's Word. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, and more. I'm Mentor Mama, and today we will be talking about unlikely friendships and how God works in our everyday lives to show the love of Christ to others. Our guest today, Craig Cooper, is co-author of the book, Glad You're Here, Two Unlikely Friends Breaking Bread and Fences. This book was written with his close friend and neighbor, singer-songwriter Walker Hayes. Craig will be chatting with us today about one of the greatest gifts that God can give, and that is the gift of friendship. More specifically, we will be hearing about the friendship between Craig and Walker, which is a friendship that seemed very unlikely to happen, and how it transpired into two friends that are as close as brothers. Craig Cooper is a gifted storyteller and Bible teacher. For over 20 years, he has spoken at numerous churches, men's retreats, college campuses, and various gatherings. He has traveled across North America, South America, Europe, Africa, and Asia with a desire to see and serve the world. An encourager at heart, Craig's passion is to help people perceive the gifts of God in their lives and deploy them for Jesus. His glory. Having served as one of the founding pastors of Redeeming Grace Church in Franklin, Tennessee, Craig now resides in the greater Nashville area with his amazing wife, Laura, and their four kids as next door neighbors to the Hayes family. Please welcome Craig. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to be here. Oh, I'm so delighted that you're here and as I mentioned before we even got started, the book that I will share with all of our listeners in the show notes is absolutely fabulous. And so let's let's start at the beginning here. The title of your book is Glad You're Here, and the subtitle is Two Unlikely Friends Breaking Bread and Fences. Why was your friendship such an unlikely one? That's a great question. Yeah, so I was serving as a pastor, a founding pastor of a church called Redeeming Grace in Franklin, Tennessee, and Walker was not a believer. He was he was a, a, a proclaimed atheist. Um, he would say, you know, he was really struggling with alcoholism and addiction and all of that, and and what was looking like a uh, just challenging in his, his times in his music career. He had been dropped from a couple of labels and, you know, just was kind of at a, a really bottom time in his life and, and career. I had moved from East Tennessee uh, to the Nashville area to help plant a church and you wouldn't on paper put the two of us together. So it just was not something that you would think, oh yeah, these these guys would would hit it off. Um, but boy, hit it off we did. And you know, God was just all up in the the relationship and our friendship. Um, we met actually at very briefly um, as families at a basketball game for our sons, and. 
Lara, my wife, had recognized Lainey Walker's wife, um, you know, from afar because they had met before at a previous gathering. And so she went up, struck up a conversation. Walker would have been there holding his youngest daughter, Loxley, at the time. And so we had, a, you know, it would have been brief interaction. But what happened was Lara invited Lainey to church and we were meeting on Saturday nights in a rented facility out in the boondocks south of Franklin. It was, uh, you know, for anybody to come was was a hurdle. You know, it's it, less than 30 people there uh, on this church plant. It, we had just started, you know, we were months into starting and um, Lainey said, yeah, we, we'd love to come. And so she, they, they came. So Walker says he came, you know, kicking and screaming and, and he was not excited. He wasn't happy with Lainey. He wasn't, he, he wasn't liking Lara at the moment for inviting them to, to church. Uh, but when they walked in, I lit up like a Christmas tree, you know, partly because I'm thinking, man, you came, they came. And uh, so Walker <laughs> says the first, first words out of my mouth were, glad you're here. And, uh, you know, just shook his hand and, and he felt the warmth. And that actually was the beginning, the spark of, of a, a friendship that developed that we ended up doing everything together. Um, we, we invited him that night to dinner out uh, because, you know, you have church at six o'clock, you're done at by eight or so you're hanging out. We're playing four square and stuff. And it's like, have you eaten? No. <laughs> well, there's a, you know, that there's a Mexican restaurant that they liked and they said, we like going there. And so we just went there, let all of our kids kind of take over the whole restaurant. And what happened is our kids became good friends with their kids. And then Lara, you know, really strengthened her friendship with Blaney. And then Walker and I, boy, we just talked about everything. And we ended up, um, I feel like it was the smile of God on our lives, the Coopers. And, uh, and in and, and the haze as well, it just, God orchestrated it. And before we knew it, you know, they were coming back on Saturday nights to church. And then uh, we were going and hanging with Walker on Wednesday nights when he would play uh, at Puckett's Boathouse for 15, 20 people and who chewing on chicken bones and stuff. <laughs> I would, I would listen to him and think, man, everybody needs to just be quiet up in this restaurant and listen to this guy sing because uh, I was blown away, you know, by his gift mm -hmm. and I was standing in the parking lot with them and just say, dude, you are going to fill stadiums. And, you know, he would say to me, anytime I would preach on a Saturday night, you know, dude, you're gifted to talk and, and share. And, and I, and I, he was not, he did not believe in Jesus. And, you know, at one point I said to him, this was years later, but I was like, man, you got to help me understand every time I preach, you encourage me. Um, but you, you don't believe the gospel. Help me connect the dots there. And this is what he said. Ellen. It was amazing. Mm. He said, if it is true, it's the greatest news in the world and everybody needs to hear it. And mm. I don't believe it, but I know you do. And I was just blown away by that. And um, yeah. And so we started doing everything together, but, but he, we, we wanted to title the book. Glad you're here after those first words, yes. uh, the first moment when we met and, and it, yeah, it's also in the song he wrote. So it's really, really cool. Oh, so cool. I love like some of the details in the book. 
and just you know, you guys obviously have a great sense of humor, and he talks about pulling up to that church <laughs> and, think, <laughs> and thinking, "Are yeah. we at the right place?" Like yeah. this place looks a little ratchy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, "Hey, lady, we should tell somebody we're here." Yes, come back out. <laughs> yeah, that was great detail. Oh wow. Well, speaking of sort of our culture in general, we're we're such a connected culture, yet so many people would say that they struggle with loneliness. Yeah. Why do you think genuine friendship is just hard for people these days? Yeah, I mean, I, we live in a wildly connected culture. Uh, you know, you've got social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, you know, TikTok, all of that. And so you can have friends, quote unquote, friends uh, that you're connected to. You see what's going on in their lives. They see what's going on in your lives. And, but you can feel alone. And I'm not against social media. I I, I love it. And there's, um, and I'm, I'm on uh, socials and active on it, but there is a huge difference between table connection and tablet connection. And what I mean by that is, you know, table connection is is this one-on-one, eye-to-eye, heart-to-heart, soul-to-soul, you know, just real life, who you really are, um, and, and not, you know, something out kind of in in cyber world or whatnot, but it's like who who I am right now, um, and that's very different than than you on your iPhone, on your iPad, you know, on your computer. Um, and so I think you know you can use it, uh, the social media and, and whatnot, you know, for the, for the glory of God and the the advancement of the gospel. I mean, that's my my desire. Um, and and you know, share uh, the highs and and sometimes the lows of life, so that you can receive prayer from the wider body of Christ and that kind of thing. But we we were created um by god for you know this this communion with him first and foremost mm-hmm. and then and then connection with with others so i mean the greatest commandment love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength and what's the next one love your neighbor as yourself there's no commandments that are greater than those two and you can't truly love your neighbor from afar you know, um, in the way that I think, you know, God intends for us is, you know, to be up close and personal. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, uh, and with, with the haze, I mean, a lot of conversations at the dining room table while the kids are hanging out and playing, you know, at our house or their house, um, or at a restaurant, or or whatnot and you know they ended up moving next door which is so cool and we ripped the fence out between our our two backyards <laughs> so we're, we're you know doing community um in, in those ways and and he obviously he travels a lot uh now uh, for just touring and and whatnot but when we're here you know um we're, we're we we hang and um and want to be known and know one another and i think that that's a good way to battle the loneliness um in in this world is is just to reach out say hey can we get a cup of coffee you know to to a friend you know you guys want to come over for dinner 
Um, you know, and it's vulnerable. You put yourself out there and they, people may say no, you know, but they may say yes. And so yeah. retraining your mind from like, you know, all the what ifs, yes. you know, what if this doesn't work out to, hey, what if this works out? You know, what if this is a beautiful friendship? What if this is something that is just, um, you know, we're there for each other. And so we started celebrating birthdays together and started celebrating, you know, wins. I mean, if I, I, I was serving as a bivocational pastor, so I was, uh, I was on the pastoral team, but also full-time in the, you know, technology sales world and staffing, but we'd celebrate wins. Hey, I got a placement, you know, and, or, or, you know, if he had a song that hit, um, dude, we got to celebrate. So we yeah. would get to celebrate, but then also, um, we were mourning with one another. Uh, I remember sitting across the table and saying to Walker and Lady, I'm so sorry. I'm so low right now. And he just, in the, he put his fork down and looked, looked at me and said, it's okay, bro. We love you, low. Ah, I remember sitting out uh, at his front porch and, and he just prayed for me and begged God, Lord, I pray for Craig. Like I haven't prayed for him before. Please help him right now. Mm -hmm. Man, it just, it chokes me up because um, it's not like the, the haze needed us, you know, Mm -hmm. I think we, we need each other. Yes. And by the way, I just feel to fill in the dots there. He came to faith in Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and so now we, we really are, um, you know, as close as brothers and it's just such a wonderful bond to now share, not just friendship, but the life of Christ together. Yeah. Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our In-Depth Bible Study Academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. Absolutely. You're right. There's just such a powerful connection meeting one-on-one. And, and I, I totally agree too with your vulnerability statement. And that's, that is hard for people to be vulnerable and put yourself out there. In the past, have there been things that have kept you from pursuing community? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I have had moments of deep hurt in personal relationships and moments where I've shared things in in, in trusting them and then it's come back to bite me and that's been hard and um so then you have you know you can really almost put walls up 
you know, I'm going to share this and I'm going to share this, you know, you, you got to know what, where's my safe place. And it's, um, that's, that's challenging. I love what Ray, uh, Ray Ortland Jr. talks about. He was the founding pastor of Emmanuel in Nashville. I talk about him in the, in the book in chapter two, because of the profound effect that it had for us in the short season when we were at Emmanuel before we, we launched um, Redeeming Grace Church. But he talks about, you know, three things that we all need in relationships, and it's gospel, safety, and time. You know, gospel, wave after wave of God's unmerited favor towards us in Christ. Um, safety, a safe place where you can just be yourself. Nobody changes immediately. You know, we, we need to be able to take a deep breath, and then we'll be able to, you know, get going in and, and, and time. You know, um, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. When? At the day of Christ Jesus. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not, uh, we're not, none of us is going to be complete here in this life. And so that means that if we have personal relationships, you know, that are intimate and we're going to be sharing the struggles, you know, of our lives, which includes our own, you know, struggle with sin and, and discouragements and, and setbacks and all of that. Um, but, but Jesus meets us right where we are. And he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden yes. and I'll you rest. It was restful to be with Jesus for messy people. It was very restful uh, to be with Jesus. And I want that for our relationships. I want to feel like I can take a deep breath and exhale. And I also want others when they walk in this door, in the doors of our home, um, and we have hanging up, it, it says to all who are weary and need rest, to all who mourn and long for comfort, to all who failed and desire strength, and to all who've sinned and need a savior. This home opens wider doors with a welcome from Jesus, the mighty. And, and I got that from Emmanuel Nashville's call to worship, um, which I think was taken from uh, uh, James Montgomery voice, I believe. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I think you experience hurt and then you pull back, you know, it's mm. like touching the hot stove. But but that's not I think God wants us to press in and um and and be willing to push through the hurt to um get to the place where you you are known and you're loved yes anyway and that is uh when when people know you and they still love you yes that speaks of the love of christ yes it absolutely does it absolutely does. How has your friendship with Walker specifically been transformational in your lives and your family's lives? Yeah, well, it's exactly what, you know, we were talking about the relationship we have with them is real. You know, it's, it's, um, there's so, in fact, I mean, we guarded it. Laura and I, you know, uh, we, we met the Hayes when Walker was, you know, not known at all. And he was, uh, you know, playing in small 
places like singer songwriter nights uh we, we would go to the bluebird and see him play we would go to um puckett's boathouse and see him play or if he did something in his neighborhood at the time it was uh west haven and franklin we'd go and and see him play but um as he became you know more and more known i, I remember just guarding like we would never share you know hourly what was going on privately um because it's just so precious uh to us and you know and he didn't at that time he didn't know the lord and we were just praying for him god please do whatever you need to do to draw my buddy walker to you i remember praying that over and over again and also praying lord use his gifts of songwriting to draw him to yourself even if he is unaware of it and that was crazy because you know what happened at, at one point is and if anybody that you know don't doesn't know the story um essentially walker had been dropped from a, a couple of record labels and then he had a van, you know, that was that was part of a sponsorship from because he had a, a, a deal. And after he was dropped at some point, they, they he went as long as he could. It may have been a year. I don't know. And and then um, they asked for the van back, you know, so the dealership in, impounded the van and their kids thought it was hilarious. And we Laura and I knew, oh, my goodness, this is not good timing, you know he's he was struggling financially and at one point he ended up you know working at Costco like he would get up at 3 40 in the morning drive in work the 4 a.m to like 11 shift um so that they could get groceries and everything for their kids and then he would go and do the he would go and do his songwriting and everything and so we knew when they were struggling and we we um went on a a trip to visit Lara's family in Maryland and uh, said, Hey, can you, you, you know, would it help you guys to take our van for the week while we're gone, you know, here, take it, borrow it. So they did that. And, and, and we could tell it really helped them, you know? So Laura and I, when we came back, I felt bad about even, you know, us needing the van. So I started praying, Lord, please provide for us so that we can replace this vehicle and give it to them and mm -hmm. and i was in you know a, a a role that had sales components and and some commission based and the lord provided a, a a deal a placement and i was able to get just enough to go and and get a used vehicle uh for us and then we cleaned up the van and we went and we brought it to the Hayes. um at at one of his you know son's baseball games one night and i just brought the, the i you know had it all ready the the title was signed on my end zero dollars you know and then it had the keys and the title and the pen and everything and just said dude um this is yours now when we did that Ellen, we did it uh privately we didn't share you know told the kids don't share anything um with anybody i'm not even telling my twin brother who lives 10 minutes from us um and and don't tell you know auntie the 
and their kids are your cousins and stuff. And so the kids all agreed. Yep. You know, I said, this is between us and the Lord and the Hayes. And um, so, and, and even if my brother saw him, you know, in the van, we had let them borrow it. So they, they wouldn't have known the difference. And, but anyway, Walker, uh, you know, he, he resisted that. It was pretty much an, we write about it in the book, but I mean, it was an altercation moment. Um, no, no way, you know? And, but then God just, you know, softened him. I said, dude, somebody did this for me once. Uh, just let me do this for you. And I was talking about Laura's grandfather, Pop, he had done the same thing for me um, in Poolsville, Maryland, when we needed it. And so it softened him. He took it. But, you know, a couple of years go by and he would we'd be at the baseball field and we'd be talking about life and his travels and songs and all this kind of stuff. And he'd look at me and he said, dude, you gave me a car. Like, how do I thank you for that? And he he never felt like he truly thanked me. And I'm like, dude, you're good. I mean, and and uh you know, he ended up writing a song about it and he sent it to us as a thank you note. It wasn't intended to go to anybody else. It was to to us. It hit me at a time when I was actually deeply discouraged uh, about life and ministry. And, and I had taken a walk that day. I'd come back from a ministry retreat the weekend and I had taken a walk that day in downtown Franklin. I stopped in the middle of the walk and said, God, you know, I try to encourage other people. I really need you to encourage me. Is anything I'm doing making a difference in anybody's life? And that night, I was on a date with Lara, really struggling with discouragement, and I'd say even depression, and 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 kind of pouring my heart out to her and her phone, but ding, and and I remember she she looks at it, and I was like, "Who's that?" And I was a little irritated that she was looking at her phone while I was trying to share my heart with her. And uh, she said, it's Lainey, which is Walker's wife. And I was like, oh, babe, can you tell Lane that you'll talk to her later? And she said, well, it's got an MP3 on it. And we were accustomed to getting MP3s from Walker songs he was writing and everything. But he would normally send them to, you know, both of us or to me. It, but Lainey sent that one to Lara. And she said, it's got your name on it. It says Craig. Now, that was the first and she's like i think we should play it and i i resisted no babe you know let's just do that later she said well maybe it'll help and so she presses play and, it, and through the speakers i hear i met mm, whew, i met craig at a church called redeeming grace it's like he understood my i don't want to be here face I felt out of place. I smelled like beer, but he just shook my hand and said, I'm glad you're here. And, and it goes on to talk about my relationship with Jesus and us giving them the van and, and how it must be tied to maybe this dude really does know Jesus. He can't walk on water or turn at Napa Valley Red, but he just might be tight with the man that did. And I had chills, tears, and I was just overwhelmed with the sense of the love of God. It was like Zephaniah, you know, three, uh, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He'll exult over you with loud singing. And here I am, a discouraged pastor five years into a church plant, 
hearing a song from my unbelieving atheistic friend <sighs> singing about Jesus. The song's called Craig. It's really about Jesus. And I was, I was undone. And then I'm going, okay, God, you're at work. And yes. you have me where you want me, but you're also at work in Walker's life. Oh, Lord. And it was, it was just, ah, it's amazing. And the rest of it goes on to how God really drew him. And, you know, he, he started singing it, you know, in his concerts and stuff because his team heard it and was like, this is, you know, dude, they wanted to put it on the album. And at that point, too, we stayed anonymous. Nobody knew. It was, that was the beautiful thing uh, is, you know, it's Craig, but nobody knew who we were. And so everybody just was related. They were able to take the song and relate it to people, situations that they had walked through or it was inspiring other people to reach out to their neighbors. And it was crazy. And God just started doing this, this amazing work in the midst of all of it. And then Walker would call me and be like, dude, what is going on? And he's still an unbeliever at this moment. But, you know, as he would sing the song, people would come up and meet and greets and stuff and just talk to him all about Jesus. And that would frustrate him. He, he got upset. You know, he was, you know, he's like laughing. So was, I, he wanted people to think, man, I'm so clever. I wrote this song, but they're seeing Jesus in it and, yeah. and Jesus work in it and so it was an answer to prayer it was exactly what i i would have never yeah it was crazy yeah (laughs) oh what an incredible incredible answer to prayer and a powerful testimony of how god is working through you craig you know right when i read that i was absolutely captivated by that story in the book and immediately i had to go to youtube and look up you know walker hayes craig and i listened to the whole song and it's beautiful just to watch him sing it and see his expressions and sort of you can tell he's reliving those moments in his head and so we will definitely put a link to that in the show notes as well Well, the book talks about how God can use ordinary things, like even your dogs, (laughs) in powerful ways. How did your pets tie your families together? Oh, that's a fun, fun story. So, yeah, shortly after we met the Hayes, we had them over for dinner. And, you know, you're getting to know them and know their their background. How'd you meet, you know, their story as a couple and everything and then what's life like for them and and then we you know found out that they had two dogs at home one was loved and the other was not (laughs) it was a tulip and noli tulip and magnolia and they loved noli and they were frustrated with tulip and (sighs) at the exact same time karis my oldest was 11 at the time and she had been begging us for a dog and I had I told her you know baby girl we're just not a dog family right now we had had a dog Charlie uh, in Knoxville and it and that he he was horrible he would shred diapers all over the place he'd knock the kids down when they were toddlers as they were coming in and he I think he felt dethroned when we had kids mm-hmm. and so he just he just went on a rampage we ended up having to give him 
give him away. And we had just said, we're not a pet family. And then when Karis is asking for a dog, I, I finally just said to her, sweetheart, you are welcome to pray for this, but here's what it would need to be. You know, the dog would have to be free because we can't afford to purchase a dog right now. And it would have to be hypoallergenic because your mommy's allergic to, you know, dog hair. It would have to be crate trained, you know, because I don't have time doing what I'm doing to, to train a dog. It would have to be good with families and kids because we do a lot of hospitality people come over and it would also some it, somebody would have to be willing to watch the dog when we're gone because we can't afford dog sitters and stuff and so Karis is like okay okay one two okay I got that so she started she started praying for that when we had the hay over, uh you know it it just came out naturally that they were trying to find another place or they'd be excited about another place for tulip and we're having dinner together as a family and and uh laney goes through and says i mean tulip you know we we would give her to some great family and i mean she's hypoallergenic uh she's crate trained and you know dog trained and you know she i mean we would even watch tulip whenever somebody goes out of town if they if they would just take her in regular life and i'm like oh my goodness are you kidding me what so <laughs> she must have smelled seen blood in the water because she kind of jumped all over it and she was like mm. you know do you guys want to take to like you can take her on a trial over the weekend like and see what it's like and and uh, it ended up being an answer to karis's prayers and it also knit us together as families in a way that was just remarkable because we both traveled a bit. And so when we would go out of town, we would drop Tulip off and it would inevitably become, you know, uh, hey, let's let's do dinner together. Let's catch up, you know, all of that. And then whenever they would drop Noli off, this, the, the same thing would happen. And and it, we go late into the night and, you know, how was your trip? How was, you know, or, or the pickups and drop-offs. I mean, it was just, and so God used these dogs to knit us together as families. Um, and what's crazy is Tulip ended up getting cancer and we, we had, uh, taking a trip when walker turned 40 they we went we were down in um, florida together and they they stayed with us for um uh, a, a little bit and we celebrated his birthday and and um we had we had two and, and he had just come to faith in christ tulip ended up getting cancer and i remember her last run on the beach oh man and uh and then and then she was gone and i felt like the lord put tulip on this earth to bring us together until walker came to faith in christ and then her job was done and uh so just crazy crazy you can't even make that stuff up. no you certainly can't it's it's so beautiful and it's always intriguing to me to see uh, what different things that God uses to bring people together. Well, you, 
anything. Absolutely. You write about the beauty in the eyes of a new believer. Tell us what you mean by that and why it's so important to you. Oh, man. Yeah, I even you saying that it just warms my heart. Um, I, I've been, thankfully, we love to travel and I've been uh, all over different places in the world, a lot for mission trips or nonprofit Mm. organization trips and -hmm. and things like that. We've seen some beautiful, beautiful things, the hills of Rwanda, you know, I've been in India and seen just beautiful sites um there we've been in europe and the architecture and and all of that and then across the u.s um you know niagara falls the power of niagara falls um the the glory and the vastness of the grand canyon Mm. you know the the calmness and the peace of zion um national park or or bryce and and all of the just the jagged edges of Bryce. It'll take your breath away uh, in the winter. And I've seen jaw-dropping sights, um, gorgeous things, um, glorious sunsets and sunrises. I think in San Diego is one of my favorite that I've ever, ever seen or in, in Fenwick Island, Delaware. And But nothing, 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 nothing in this entire world is more beautiful to me than seeing the eyes of a new believer Mm -hmm. and i got to see that with walker you know the lord doesn't need any of us Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's such a blessing if we're if we have a front row seat glory that he does um you know only god can save only god can transform a human heart only god can take somebody from death to life only god can do that just like only god you know making the grand canyon and niagara falls and all this stuff and so but yeah when walker we were at a sushi restaurant and he had come back from a trip and and um you know the lord had worked powerfully in his life and uh, you know, he, this was after they had lost their seventh child, Oakley, and he just kind of was taking uh, stock of everything. And I remember him telling me during that season, man, my job just feels so dumb. Um, you know, he was supposed to perform the CMA awards uh, right when they lost Oakley. And so time goes by and everything. And, and he just was very contemplative and having conversations, you know, with, with Laney, I'm saying, you know, tell me somebody who's as messed up as me, who, who really, you know, Jesus saved and, and all this stuff. And so he had, man, he had somewhere gone from like, you know, atheistic to more like, okay, maybe Jesus is, he was curious, you know, maybe Jesus really is real, but would he want me? You know, it was like, and, uh, man, so, um, sorry for the emotion but that's okay the the, um you know laney went to a bible study with our church and and um nancy guthrie's teaching and she threw out and mentioned that there's this book by rosario butterfield called the secret thoughts of an unlikely convert and that resonated with 
Blaney based on our conversations with Walker. So she ordered it. It's coming in the mail, but she talked to Walker about that. And he, even the title just resonated with him. So he, he ordered it on Kindle before it even came. I don't even think he told Blaney that. And he read it while he was on tour, just stayed up, just read, read the whole thing. And God worked through Rosaria Butterfield's mm. uh, just her wrestling and everything. He saw himself in her story and he went secretly after he finished the book, he went to Barnes and Noble and bought a Bible, hid it, <laughs> kept it in a bag and he started reading through it. And so now we fast forward and we're sitting at Miso at a sushi restaurant and they said they had something they wanted to tell us. And um and walker just looks at me and he after you know in between bites of sushi and he's like i believe and i said you believe what what do you mean you believe and he said what do you believe and he said i believe all of it and i i just i said you are you telling me you believe that Jesus is the son of God and that you want to live your life for him? And he looked at me with those eyes of a new believer and mm -hmm. said, that's exactly what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was like, oh my. And I said, dude, I got to give you a hug. I got up and gave him, squeezed him <laughs> harder than I can remember. Squeezed oh. Tears falling down. And then I sat back down you know, trying to collect my thoughts. And I just said, Hey, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna need a minute. And I got up, went into the restaurant of Musi, uh, Miso, the sushi restaurant, shut the door, locked it, fell on my knees and worshiped. Oh. And uh, yeah, and I would take I want to see that over and over, mm -hmm. and over and over again, in the eyes of somebody who says, I believe. Yeah. I believe all of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so incredibly powerful. You know, so many things happen between you two that I'm sure helped contribute to his becoming a believer. And one of the things I thought was so touching in the book was when their baby was born and he said how much it meant to him to have you and your wife be able to hold mm. Oakley, right? Yeah, um, just I can I can still feel the weight of her body. She was just gorgeous, beautiful, perfect. Mm. Um, and there was no life in her, and mm. uh, and it was just a a devastating moment of of grief. Um, no words, only tears. Mm -hmm. um, I, I ended up officiating the funeral for Oakley. Our our two families gathered and the funeral director in at the gravesite and then just watched um Walker and his boys shoveling dirt over the gravesite. I mean, it just uh. it was uh but you know they they would say that God drew near to them in the midst of the grief. Yes. And 
and he he just worked powerfully uh, wrap his arms around them um and you know i cannot wait to hold oakley again uh, in the new heavens and the new earth um yeah yeah that was really really powerful and i think one of the ways just that um, god did use you and your just comfort of just being there, you know, kind of like in Job, just, just sometimes just being there can mean the world to people and you don't even have to say anything. Yeah, there's a picture in the back of the book and, you know, Lainey wanted to get, put it in there. And um, it's, it's, it's us, it's the four of us with Oakley um just bawling and there she is and i feel like god's really honoring her life um just through this story and it's so um it's just precious um precious to us to see what what the lord is is doing and man it also reminds me of just, you know, the marriage relationship, you know, you're there in sickness and in health and good and bad and the same with friendships truly that are that deep and just the profound love and care that we can have like Jesus for our friends. Well, Craig, as we kind of start to wrap things up, what do you hope people will walk away with after reading the book? Glad mm -hmm. you're here. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, no, I, so I hope that unbelievers will read it. I, I, I hope that they'll read it like, like uh, Walker read Rosario Butterfield's book, The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert. I hope they'll consider, you know, the, the claims of Jesus and who he is and, and, uh, and our story. And so I, I hope it has a softening effect on unbelievers with a curiosity about christ and then i think with the church um i my hope is that it has a strengthening effect uh, that that god would use it to advance the gospel and build the church for his glory and so it's kind of a modern day parable if you will of the love of jesus for messed up people and so if you i mean people have said that they they read it and they're in tears and they're in mm -hmm. their hearts warmed and they're you know if you walk away going jesus is alive and at work in the world today wow let's yes. talk about that oh, um, yeah. that would be because jesus is that he's the friend of sinners so our book is about friendship two unlikely friends breaking bread this is another i mean the unlikely relationship is is a holy god mm. with people and yes. uh, you know that is what why god sent jesus into the world to live the perfect life that you and i could never live and then to give his life up, lay his life down as a substitute, a sacrifice on the cross of Calvary to receive the, the, the punishment that we deserve for our, our sins, and then to defeat 
death and sin and Satan and then rise again from the grave. Um, and, and now he's ascended on high and at the right hand of the throne of God ever living to make intercession for us. And Jesus is very much alive and <laughs> in the world today. And he can save anybody, you know? Um, and so I, I hope that's what happens. I hope, I hope it softens unbelievers. I hope it strengthens believers. Um, the book's really for everybody. Um, and I hope it, it blesses, uh, and, and truly we dedicated, it says dedicated to the one who walked on water and turned it Napa Valley red. Mm-hmm. Cause in the song, you know, Walker says, uh, he can't walk on water or turn it Napa Valley yep. red. But so it's dedicated to Jesus. It's all for Jesus, about Jesus. The uh, Jesus is the hero of the story. The hero is not, you know, Walker going from, you know, rags to riches, which by the way, if nobody has, it, it, I mean, fancy like it, it, his song just blew up his whole career. We were on chapter five of editing the book when that happened, which is, you look at it and go, oh my goodness, thank God it just just catapulted his audience uh right when we're we're kind of working on talking about jesus it's it's Mm. just really remarkable um but yeah i hope it i hope it it softens any unbeliever who'd read it um i i love see the eyes of new believer be amazing if somebody read glad you're here and then went and snuck into barnes noble and bought a bible and yes <laughs> and went to their family at some point over sushi and said i believe all of it <laughs> yeah, absolutely and you know the timing seems just like god's perfect timing too that it's coming out after covid because i think some people just need a little push or encouragement to get re-engaged with people one-on-one because we've gotten used to these zoom calls and you know online connections and and i really think too that this book will help encourage people in that regard i completely agree with you and that's a great point craig how can people find out more information about you in your book um i'm pretty easy to find on socials it's at craig allen cooper and uh it's a-l-l-e-n um so most active on instagram uh it tags to facebook and whatnot walker and i have a um there's a website called walkerandcraig.com and that's got a little trailer about the book and some endorsements that people have shared um you know kindly and uh yeah and if you type in uh craig walker hayes or walker hayes craig then you know a bunch of stuff will come up on that end um but yeah i i think that's that's how people can find out a little more. Absolutely. And we will definitely also include your links in our show notes. Well, before we go, I just want to ask you a couple brief questions here about your favorite Bible study tools. What Bible is your go-to Bible and what translation is it? Yeah. So I, um, I read the English standard version, um, on a daily basis and that's my go-to bible and uh, most of the scriptures i have memorized which is funny um are a lot of them are from the niv new Mm -hmm. international version and that's college age and right after and just uh soaking in the scriptures and and so i kind of 
I'm a student of both of those, <laughs> but um, yeah, ESV is what I, what I read this morning. So. Yeah. I kind of feel like a patchwork quilt too, because even I have like King James from way back when I was in grade school. Oh my. All right. So do you have any favorite journaling supplies or anything that you like to use to enhance your Bible study experience? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I journal a lot these days on my phone during walks, mm. which is interesting because I can yeah. do that on the notes app and I, I can dictate it at oh. times. Um, also, I have, you know, I've, I've got several journals down here that I've, that for years, you know, I've, I've written through, if, you know, sometimes I'll just write a verse that's at the top and then meditate on that verse. Um, the ESV study Bible is a go-to for me. I've got the, I've got the Bible itself and I've got the online uh, version on my phone as well. So I can dig deeper. And then I have commentaries um, that I go to if I'm preparing a message or, or, or something like that. So, uh, but as far as journaling tools, I'm pretty simple um, paper and pen uh, <laughs> with something from, you know, Barnes and Noble and also just using my apps on my phone and, and journaling, either dictating it or, or writing yeah. it out. Wow. I've never thought to do that, but that's a great idea. Like if you're walking or something like that. Yeah. If I pray, like if I pray something specific and I go, wow, I didn't know I was going to ask for that or pray that I'll stop and write the date and I'll say prayed, but da, 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 da. God answers prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so fun to look back and go, oh my goodness, he did it. So yeah, yeah. I like to take notes of that in the moment, which is why I have it on my phone. Oh, I love that. What lastly here, what is your favorite app or website for Bible study tools? Um, yeah, the favorite app is really uh the ESV study Bible. Okay. It's uh, you know, it's not cheap, but you can connect it to your reading plan. I also have, there's an app if, if for iPhone users. I found out this is not for Android. Uh, I wish it was because I, I have friends who are on Android, but it's called reading plan and it has a ton of plans. And then I've connected to the one year Bible uh, plan. And I love that. It, it, it takes you through the old Testament once um, the New Testament twice, I believe, and then Psalms and Proverbs um, on daily basis. And I'll show you, it's right here. So you can just click, it's called reading plan right here. It's the top left on my app. So you click on it and then I read from the bottom up. So I'll start in Proverbs and then I go to Psalms, then I go to New Testament and then I go to the Old Testament. This is my 25th year through the scriptures. And so uh it's that's my favorite that's my favorite can it uh, also read to you as well like talk out loud it, it oh, can yeah oh, click on the great. yeah you connect it to, and you can connect it to your esv's study bible or esv bible or whatever bible's on your phone and then it can read to you yep Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Craig, thank you so much for being here today (laughs) to share your story. And what a joy. What a joy. 
Well, I hope people are encouraged by it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and for our listeners, pick up a copy of Craig and Walker's book, Glad You're Here, which we will have a link in the show notes. So be sure and also to head over to our blog where, where we will have this as well on our blog and you can make a comment there on this podcast. And lastly, head over to the Coffee and Bible Time website for our prayer journals that will help guide and document your prayer life at coffeeandbibletime.com. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We love you all. Have a blessed day.